That song. Uh, Are we in the Matrix? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Having deja vu. They changed something. (laughs) Uh, I'm having deja vu. This has happened before. I think so. (laughs) I know the the steak isn't real, but I don't care. But I don't care. It tastes delicious. It's like the biggest (laughs) inside joke we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you don't press the record button. (laughs) Yes. We did this twice. (laughs) <laughs> Let's do those jokes again because they were actually kind of funny. Ah! <laughs> Good thing I don't remember them. Well, hey. one well one was the the me asking the stupid question which which show was in this song from, and then you said two, and I forgot that Chernobyl would definitely not have had the song. No, even yeah, though the time I said was it would have been really macabre and hilarious and really dark if oh, yeah. while Vasily was while Vasily was dragging the hose up to the roof of Chernobyl that they were playing the song. Oh my god. <laughs> Can only imagine. Yes. Can only imagine. This was played when his he was driving his car in Good Omens, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which I loved. Oh. How they sped up the car every time it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Bicycle. Bicycle. <laughs> Bicycle. Oh. So. Stupid. Cool two song. two shows that have just an absolutely amazing score mm-hmm. or a rate or. Two. Musical? What no. do you call that? It's not a. If it's not, is it a score? If it's songs that are, uh, they call or is it just a. I think the technical term when you're using bands, you know, like Queen and stuff, mm-hmm. and Umbrella Academy has a whole host of bands that they use. I think that's a soundtrack. Yes. Okay. Score. So it's, not, is, it's only. It's only a score if it's something that you've composed. That's a. Yeah, it's an original. A, a piece. score. It, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there is that in Umbrella Academy. It's not exactly rememberable because no. there's no there's no title sequence to this show or anything chernobyl's is definitely re- memorable i mean it's that half-life 2 sound and yeah. stuff and i'm like this is so cool dude there are so many visceral parts of chernobyl that, like yeah. i and and wow yeah and keeping with the soundtracks or the scores see i'm already screwing them up um <laughs> the guy who does <laughs> the good omens theme and all the music in it yes yeah is the same one who did sherlock Oh, that makes de- sense. De- yeah, so I thought, oh, that's right. that's why that sounds so familiar. <laughs> I, I will say I I watched the Good Omens one at least twice, and then it was too long, and I stopped watching it for the rest of the episodes. <laughs> I watched. So them you all. watch? I watched them all. Go He's ahead. talking about the title sequence. The title sequence. Oh, I fast okay, forward after gotcha. like the first. I watched it like the first two times just to kind of like pick through it and see what was there. It and actually then the, tells the whole story. It does. If you watch it, yeah. yeah. And then the re- then like the last four episodes, I just was like skip. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had this conversation on this podcast before because Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you're the person that watches all title sequences on all the shows, whereas most of us hit that skip intro button. Yep. I love title sequences. Why do you? Well, I was about to say, what what is the purpose of doing that? Just if you don't explain it to me, especially if you know it's the same one every episode. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, I. To me, it's like a um, a song you listen to before you go to lift some really heavy weights or something. You know, it's like it's like your way to get into the show. Like I'm getting ready, and I just love that music so much. Especially if it's, I mean, if it's a show like like Game of Thrones, freaking 
that's the best part of Game of Thrones is that stupid title sequence. Yeah, yeah, it is. Music is just like, oh, this is so cool, and it gets me into the show, and I'm ready. Or so, if it's Twin Peaks, it puts you to sleep. Well, it gets you. Into, it's it lulls you to sleep, so they can just guide your gouge your eyes out. That's completely for a different, <laughs> different time. I'm actually making my way through the third season of Twin oh, Peaks now. Good, good luck. You know, it's funny you mention that because that makes sense because. There's only been one show where I never skipped through the title sequence, and that was Doctor Who. When I was catching yes. up and going through all the, all the modern and, Doctor Who, and they, sl- they slowly shortened whatever, that. It's short, I yeah. I never so. I never skipped any of those just because I loved that song. But if you if you like go all back... the different renditions of it, I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. I do too. And ugh, yeah, Matt Smith just perfect. <laughs> but if you go back to like the Marvel series. Those are all like at least sixty seconds long, and to me, it's just it they all of them like build up to okay, we're gonna start the episode. Yep, and it's interesting about uh, Umbrella Academy and Chernobyl don't have them. Yeah, they didn't have any really any intros at all. But Umbrella Academy, each episode has a really interesting thing where they find out a way to say Umbrella Academy. Like yeah, oh, that's like cool. it's just like the title card. Yeah, which is, is like they start yeah. the episode and somewhere. And a couple of the episodes, it was almost halfway through oh. that the title card finally popped. And I'm like, speaking of which, <laughs> one of the, it might have been episode three. And, and at some point, we're going to pick one show and just talk about it. But <laughs> I like going all over the place. Oh, wait, where's my rail song? Where we're going, we don't need any rails. There we go. Uh, but did yeah. you notice that like episode, I think it was like three. Three or four of Good Omens. Good Omens. It was literally a half hour in, and yeah. then they started yep. the title sequence. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that... I looked at my wife and said, well, that was the longest intro ever to show. <laughs> Jeez. That was so cool, though. Because it was cool. Let's, do you want to start? Let's just start off with Good Omens. Yeah, let's do it. Because because... It was almost an intermission. Right, speaking of which. Nice. It reminds me a bit of, like, even the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. David Arnold is who does I really enjoyed that. I like the animation for it too. Oh yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like I'm gonna watch this and it's cool and bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know where you were gonna start, Joe, but uh, we could just well, start with a cast. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I mean, it, dude, it, it's, it's speaking. Of, yeah, the cast had me as soon as I saw because six months ago or something, I saw there was a preview for this show. I believe before one of the Grand Tour episodes, one of the early season Grand Tour episodes. Mm, that would make sense. Um, because this came out in like February, I think. Yeah, as soon as I saw David Tennant, I was like, "I'm in. I don't. I don't even need to know anything else. I'm watch this show." Yeah, if you're if you're a doctor, a longtime Doctor Who fan, and you know have kind of followed a lot of this stuff, or even a few of the things that David Tennant has done, I don't see how you can't get just immediately sucked in because, oh, it's David Tennant. As soon as I saw both of them. Yeah, Michael Michael Sheen. Because he's done, he doesn't do TV, but he's done movies and things like that. He does a lot of theater, yeah. But there's been a few movies that he's been in, that I've seen him in, where Mm -hmm. he's got small parts, and he is amazing. They're both, like, just electric on screen, especially when they're in this, where they're bouncing off each other. The, The scene where they are watching... Um, the Shakespeare. Events. Oh no, they're watching Shakespeare, and they're like nobody's there, and they're like making comments about it. It's really funny because they've both been in so many Shakespeare plays, <laughs> and then Crowley gives or gives Shakespeare the one line from Hamlet, which I got to see David Tennant play. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see him live? 
Yes. Yeah, that was when wow. we, that was when Ryan was in England. Yeah, we went to England and we went to Stratford upon Avon, which is where he's from and buried and all that crap. Which is a great, cool little town. And uh it was actually um Patrick Stewart was in it. Mm-hmm. And David Tennant, who was the doctor at the time. That's that's between. the one you just let me rip. Oh my it? god, dude. I bet yeah. you just were marking out like crazy sitting in Oh, Patrick Stewart walked like six feet from me, and I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and I jizzed in my pants. (laughs) But yes, my wife bought that on Blu-ray, and that will soon be on Jared Flick, so you can see the filmed version of it, and it's a little more theatrical. They filmed actual some stuff, but it's really cool. Like, even if you don't understand anything that is spoken in Shakespearean, you will understand exactly what's going on in this because Hmm. it's acted so wonderfully and filmed really well so you'll totally understand the story but anyway that's awesome yeah i was looking up michael sheen's some stuff he's been in but david crowley i mean david crowley <laughs> david <laughs> david david Tennant as crowley i love this character because it was like it was like a perfect middle ground between doctor who and what was his character's name in jessica jones well where he's just the purple man really evil He's a perfect yeah. man. No, this is my second favorite David Tennant character ever. Yep. Obviously, the Doctor is the first, but but there was like there was like so many mannerisms, and I, I don't know the technical term for it, but the way like enunciations and the way that he like held his mouth when he said things that yes. just that's the brilliant brought brought me back brought me back to him as Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, he was using his English accent too, by the way. So that that's immediately everyone's reminded. Oh yeah, this guy's not Scottish. <laughs> Even though he is Scottish, <laughs> but you're so used to him using his English accent, you know, as the doctor. Even though he uses Scottish and pretty much anything else that he's in. Yeah. But yeah, he he was holding his top lip very s- stiff a lot of the time, yeah. and he had that saunter walk where he was kind of like, <laughs> it was just awesome. Very British. So great. So when I heard about this show. I didn't realize at the time I had never heard about it or never seen anything about it. A friend of mine here in Savannah was like, oh, my God, are you going to watch Good Omens? And I was like, yeah, it looks amazing. And it was like, have you read the book? And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know there was a book. Yep. And then I saw that it's by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, and I love Neil Gaiman. I've never read any of Terry Pratchett's stuff. I just ordered one of his, though, because he's got like a 42-book series called Discworld, which is... <laughs> Wow, that is a like, lot of books. It's well, dude. He started writing it in 1983. The first book came out, and the last book came out in 2015. And it probably would have kept going, um, but you know, he passed away. Oh yeah. But that that whole That's that whole crazy. series apparently, like, you can just pick up any of the books, and you don't have to read them in order. But there are a couple of like key books that, in the first one, introduces you to the disc world and how, what it's all about. But, huh. um. But it's funny because I'm such a huge Neil Gaiman fan. I could almost, when I was reading the book, I could almost tell which parts were his. <laughs> and the the copy of the book I got, there's an interview with both of them in the back, like a written interview. And sure enough, like it explains what parts that Neil Gaiman wrote. So the book came out in 1990, and um, wow. it's just like this huge cult classic. Especially but I, it's that's never crazy. popped up on my radar, it's so I ordered it off Amazon and like read it in a week and then watch the show just to see what was what. So um, how's it translate? It's, 
go ahead. There's very few things that, that the show does that are not in the book. It's surprisingly well done. Like they they took their time, and which makes perfect sense because this kind of harkens back to the whole Game of Thrones debacle. Yeah, the first several seasons of Game of Thrones were fantastic because the author of the books was directly involved. Where the author of the books was no longer directly involved, it's just. <laughs> and if you look at the title sequence of Good Omens, Neil Gaiman was the one that wrote this for the screen. Yeah, I saw that. Because ter- Terry Pratchett passed away, so it really good. Um, there was a couple of politically correct things that were thrown in there, but I just come to expect that from. Well, you know, especially a, studios nowadays. BBC. Especially, yeah, BBC Britain. <laughs> they are, uh, yeah. But if you kind of understand a lot of that worldview, it makes more sense. So, Joe, since you actually got the book, is there more books than just that one in the Good Omen series? No. No, this it's a standalone book, and that's one of the things they even talked about uh, during the interview process as they were asking. And they're saying, you know, the, well, the first interview in the back of the book is with just Neil Gaiman. Modern People are saying that they've always wanted a sequel to this. Mm. And he said, I don't think there will be, but yeah, there could be. What story are you going to tell? It, yeah, like, exactly. What they do next? Um, like, I don't care what they and, do next. And part of the big, <clears throat> part of the magic of this is that they both agreed upon, you know, because this came out pretty early in both of their careers. And they're talking about in the uh, the interview that, this wasn't a thing where like they're like, oh my god, I get to write with Terry Pratchett, or oh my god, I get to write with Neil Gaiman. They're both like relatively new, yeah, s- like just starting to be noticed authors. Um, and this came up, and it was just, it's really cool to read how the whole thing went in the back of the book. But so the only reason I even asked that question was because I had heard that this was like the first piece of somebody's work that they were able to get into like the TV miniseries realm and they were trying to get others. So I'm not sure if it's the Neil Neil guy you're talking about or the other guy that helped write this one. Well, there's I've already looked, uh, and you'll probably see it too if you're on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. that there's two other shows that are recommended viewing once you finish Good Omen. Oh. And the two the two shows are Terry Pratchett books that were made in gotcha. miniseries, gotcha. and the two of them are two books from the Discworld series. So okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of questions if there's going to be a sequel since they left it open so much. They the did, end, which I was kind of I like the ending honestly, where it's just kind of like, hey, we're here now and we're, we'll figure out what to do. Just just leave it. It does not. To me, everything does not need a sequel. True. <laughs> If this if this is um, so close to the source work of the book, then if let's say Neil Gaiman's just like, oh well, we'll just write a sequel. Well, guess what? It's probably gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, he I could probably up. pull it off. He's a phenomenal writer. You know, this Neil Gaiman's the guy that did American Gods. They've already made a show out of that. Um, there's another book of his called Neverwhere that's really, really good. Yeah, Sony Brothers. I'm, like not, they, I'm not trying to he's say done a lot of really him. good. I'm just, I'm saying, like you were. I agree though. Game of yeah, Thrones, the, the magic of Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman together is what made this. And the funny thing is, it's like the things that didn't make it into the show. There's actually a lot more ridiculousness and hilarity within the book. Nice. That it, it's it's so British that <laughs> it would have even probably been too much for the BBC audience if that makes. And I, you guys know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. 
Well, there was certainly a lot of people who wanted to be involved in this in some way, shape, or form. I mean, the the names you just go through, like Death was Bill Co- Brian Cox's voice. Do you remember oh, him? Oh, nice. Striker from X-Men, yeah. and he's been in a hundred things. Um, there's a bunch of theater people. When I saw, oh, Nick Offerman's going to be in this, I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> of course, he was just playing the same character as always. Um yeah. Benedict Cumberpatch <laughs> was Satan himself. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I thought when he came out of the ground, he was going to be a red dragon. I'm like, really? They're going to make that joke? <laughs> and that that's that's a part, believe it or not, that didn't occur in a book. Really? Satan didn't show up? Well, it, it, it talks about in the book that something big is going to happen because Beelzebub said somebody's going to have to tell your father. And then like they start to build it up, and then they say they look at, Adam and he does something with his hands and then the next thing you know like everything is reset so they didn't actually go there which the way it was delivered in the book was actually really cool because seeing what I saw in the show after the fact and then like knowing what the book did I was like okay I can definitely see like they had to do that for the show if Mm. if you did it exactly by the book for the show I'm sure everybody would have been like what the hell (laughs) it would have been like Borderlands yeah payoff (laughs) <laughs> mm. i liked what the, i liked how they did that in the show um <clears throat> are we talking about borderlands or no i'm talking about good omens oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you were starting to go down a rabbit trail so i didn't know well no like if they had done good omens like they did in the book it would have been like borderlands oh yeah payoff yeah. is where i was going with that because I, I like the payoff i thought it, i did that you get to the vault and it opens and all you do is fight a monster and you don't get to see what's inside sorry that's why I said no payoff. Yeah. So, but back to good omens. Off the, back on the rail. Back off the rails. Back <laughs> off on the rails. Whatever. <laughs> um, we're not, we're not off, we're not on, on off the rails. Some. Okay. Was anyone <laughs> surprised to see Michael McKean? I don't even know who that is. I'm not, I, I don't know the names as well as. Um, um, Shadwell. What was his name? Witcher. Oh, oh yes. Witcher. Okay, yes. Witch Hunter Sergeant Shadwell. Yeah. Sergeant Shadwell. <laughs> How many nipples? How many nipples does he have? Oh, my gosh. That was a funny character. That guy's creepy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how that translates from the book, but, man. As soon as I saw in the book, face. it's diff- It's in the book. It's 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 almost a perfect translation. Even the way they wrote him when he's talking, when they write him in the book, it's just like this. I'll 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 grab the book here in a second and like read you a couple of lines because the way they even write him every time he talks. Yeah, it's like what? <laughs> what is he saying? Yeah, it was, it was hard to understand. But if you if I paid attention closely, I could I could catch him. Which he's American, so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's doing a yeah. good job, and John Hamm was pretty funny as Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of good characters in it. So a funny after the fact about Good Omens. Have you heard of the internet petition? The internet, yes. The internet. Well, this is this is yet proof that the internet. It's a is series stu- of tubes that the internet is stupid. <laughs> okay. The, there is a petition floating on around the internet oh. to remove Good Omens from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So, see, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I heard a t- see, I heard a different telling of that, and this now I'm really curious, because I heard somebody say that there is a petition from a bunch of Catholics 
to get them to not make any more. And Which, I thought that was hilarious because, like, this is it. That's just as funny. So. It, yeah. Which, by I'm, the way, these, both, I'm they... sure both are probably true because, I mean, let's face it, on on both sides of the argument these days, there's there's always a loud vocal minority that just makes everybody look stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Netflix responds, says it won't make any more episodes of Amazon Prime's Good Omens. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's amazing. So at least Netflix has some humor. Uh, oh Netflix my gosh. publicity people have humor. Thank you. <laughs> the satanic nuns. I got it. Oh, the, that, that was hilarious. Of the, of the, of the chattering order. Yes. The chattering order. That was awesome. Was just, just take the baby. I don't care. Go on. <laughs> I love that. His little toesy woesies. They gave him glasses when he was in Rome, and <laughs> I want yeah. a pair of those uh, the gl- the many pairs of glasses that he keeps in his glove compartment. Yeah, dude, sweet. what I want is that. Did you see that wristwatch of his? Yeah, the giant digital, like. But it's not digital. It's no, like a mechanical watch. Yeah, well, I don't remember. It looks amazing. Oh, speaking of Neil Gaiman, there's one thing I picked up in one of the last episodes. Where they're coming up to the base, the the guy that's guarding the gate. Yeah. If you, he's reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman. He's sitting there. <laughs> I wondered what he was reading. Yeah, yeah. You mean the British guy who had a horrible American accent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got so many amazing actors in this. You couldn't find one dude who could do an American accent. <laughs> you could have had Jeremy Clarkson. He could do a funny American accent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so we we pretty much like that. That's the comedy. Yes, the comedy yep. of our trio. But here, I'll read the, I'll read this for you, and you'll you'll know what I was going to say about the politically correct thing. Oh yeah, this is uh, from the book. But she was good to have in your gang. They remembered with pride the time that the time that Greasy Johnson and his gang had taunted them for playing with a girl. Pepper had erupted in a fury that had caused Greasy's mother to come around that evening and complain. Pepper looked upon him, a giant male, as a natural enemy. She herself had short red hair and a face which was not so much freckled as one big freckle with occasional areas of skin. <laughs> wow. So, not sure why they decided to... You know, well, I mean, I, I know exactly why. They, yeah. Yeah. That's getting close. Just, be, just being a ginger girl that's freckled was not not uh, inclusive enough. Inclusive <laughs> <laughs> I did like the episode, the episode where they explained their their backstory relationship, Throughout where they kept jumping time. through events. That was cool. Biblical events. I'm like, that's hilarious. That's the <laughs> that's the episode where the title sequence didn't happen until, until 30 middle, minutes into yeah. the show, because they finally got closer to the to the present at that point. Yep. You you don't even notice it until no, and then all of a sudden it pops out of like, nowhere. I'm like, wait oh, a minute, this didn't yeah, play it, already. <laughs> Yeah, it it got me too because I was like, it tripped me out because I was so engrossed in watching it, and then the title sequence happened, and I was like, wait a minute, all oh. that happened in like a minute or two? <laughs> and so like I tapped the thing to see the cursor, and I was like, oh wow, nope, yeah, there we are, thirty minutes through. in. Time no, it was a money. great show, and they did a really good job from book to movie. So cool, sweet. I'm glad. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Or book to mini series rather. Uh, Crowley's fast card Blair and Queen when it oh by the way the last image of when he drives to the fire and the 
car is on fire and he gets out and he's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's how a car is supposed to. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. There was, okay. There was a lot of really memorable, cool scenes yep. in this show. All right, let's, watch it. Let, watch it, and we're going to move on to our next uh, show. You want to talk about downer time now? Yeah, let's. Our tragedy. Yeah, yeah let's let's go Chernobyl route. Play some ominous music here. Ominous. You hear that Half Life Two quality though? That like, oh my god, this whole show had that. So I have a hard time deciding between the three shows, like what I like most, because I really liked all three, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something really compelling and really awesome about all three. There is. And I, Chernobyl might be the most gripping of the three because... It was. A, it's based on... And, and not loosely based. It's, it's, it's amazing how much they went through and got first-hand stories and stuff to try yep. to get this story yeah. correct. Well, this is apparently the closest telling of the chain of events to date. Yeah, that's, that's what I... Because... Yeah, as as it was pointed out in the show, there it was always shrouded in a bunch of misinformation and lies and secrecy and which I mean it's from the Soviet Union, so I guess that makes complete yeah. sense. Exactly. And we'll probably Dude, not but you know, know what? Anything. Like I think the most haunting thing about this show and watching it and seeing all that statecraft and all that bureaucracy is just like and I I'm not going to get political. It's but just thinking of like how big and bloated our government is and like thinking about our current like political climate where like you can't say certain things. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, I just wanted to scream yeah. like during the show and be like, this is why we can't go there. Like, yeah, exactly. Wake mm-hmm. up. Yes. Everyone in the U S government, please watch Chernobyl. Oh, and people have, and um. have been <laughs> make, being stupid about their reviews of it too. Yeah. I've read a few. Ugh. They're well, horrible. These people, these people have no concept. No, I know, and that's that's, and they didn't then either. Yeah, that's why they were just like, oh yeah, we'll fix everything. And, mm-hmm. See, and I haven't I haven't read any reviews. What what are some of the reviews that you came across, Jared? Some of them are complaining about how the 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 nuclear facts are pretty off. They're not. Um, and some of and the problem is is like some of it's uh, and this is like John posted about it, and I kind of went off and explained to him that the way that this was filmed was not filmed from technology standpoints today. It was filmed and acted in the time period with what he thought. Well, people are commenting how they're the lines in the, in the story don't make sense with nuclear technology. And I'm like, well, nuclear technology of the day, it didn't make sense. Yeah. This is nuclear technology being explained by people in that time period. Yeah. And they Stop apparently... trying to compare it to today's and nuclear. To... Yeah, today's is safe. They then, at least the um, um, and the how... Soviet way of doing it was not, which they apparently knew, which was the mind blowing. Well, that part. was yeah, yeah, that was one of the major points. Is he's talking about our reactors don't have a safety containment shed around them, just like we use the graphite tips on the cooling rods, and yeah, it's all for the same reason to save money. And yeah. then everyone at your plants don't know this, so that when there is a problem, they all just scramble. Yep. <laughs> well, that I think I think so. Oh there was a lot God. to this story that I didn't know, but that was one of the most haunting things about this. Is like yeah. oh. when this 
things first started happening is everybody's like, oh, it's only 3.61 Ronkin. That's not too bad. It's not great, but it's not too bad. And then come to find out they had given these people meters. That that was the highest the meters went. Yep. Like, it's just insane. It's so much that goes into the insanity of this event. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, that that's bad. The mind-blowing thing to me in this whole event was when they were starting to talk about the thermo explosion that was about to take place that would have basically blown up half of Asia. Mm-hmm. Like, are you freaking kidding me? That would have, I mean, it could have been an extinction-level event, but if not, I mean, it would have been bad. It would have been I cannot believe yeah. just because it's so it's just so mind boggling to think Oh, these guys just want to cover up all these lies and you could have blown up half the world. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like it said in the show that they were trying to keep it secret and then they were like I told you guys when I first heard about this show. Because I've always been fascinated by this event because you guys know this, but people that listen to this podcast might not. I, I lived in Germany when this happened. I was a kid. And while I I was like five or six years old and I don't remember like knowing like, oh, this is a nuclear disaster. I just remember things not being right. Like Mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to go outside and play. They concreted up all of our sandboxes like there was it was it was definitely something was not right and something was scary was happening. But that was the extent of understanding. It wasn't until later on my life when I realized what actually happened. Holy crap. And so I've always been really fascinated by this event just because, you know, they even said in the show that they're not letting children in Frankfurt play outside. I looked on a map because I couldn't remember. I knew the town that we lived in in Germany. and It's east of Frankfurt. (laughs) So it was closer than even Frankfurt was. Yeah, I thought about you when they said that. I was like, holy crap. So another another thing that people are saying that's wrong, that these critics and reviewers are saying that's wrong with the science is that in something that you just said they they concreted over sandboxes that were hundreds of miles away from it oh yeah they're saying that what wouldn't even be possible that the fallout wouldn't go that far if <laughs> it see and they're thinking about the fallout won't go that far you're right the fallout won't go that far it was in that puff of explosion exactly that, and that that fire just kept pushing it and then the winds grabbed it and threw it across mm-hmm. towards Europe. Like it has nothing to do with the fallout. It has to do with all the crap that's getting thrown. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, it, it was the it was the propellant. It was the smoke that was billowing it. Yep. Yeah, and it was yep. all in there. That that's kind of explained in the show when the bird falls down at the end of the first episode, yeah. I think it was. You're like, "Yep. That's showing you, hey, that bird went through that cloud." And then later the helicopter goes through and you're just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Well, and that the helicopter Dude. was another thing they were pick, they were they were picking up the one that crashed. Yeah, they said there somebody went back and was like, "Well, the only recorded epi- the only recorded helicopter crash in the whole Chernobyl event was not anything to do with that." So they're Hol- Hollywoodizing it for the television show, well, and maybe they were like, to maybe, a certain extent. Maybe but they were. Cares? But at the same point, the the direct I read a, a or I watched a it's a, weird a long interview with the director and. He wanted to tell the story from the perspective of three people from the beginning. Yep. Guess what he did? He did. What he did. And, and I like. That. And the thing is, is he wasn't even going for the. This is nuclear. This is what nuclear power can happen when things go wrong. He was going for the. Hey, this is what happens when political and government gets in the way and tries to hide everything. Yeah, his. his That's this the. Is, that was the point he was trying to make. Is yeah. That when you cover don't up let the things truth. cover. Don't cover it up. Exactly. 
things get worse. It wasn't even, and he he was surprised. Like I, that part of it was uh, one of the things I read was his reaction to people getting freaked out about nuclear current nuclear power, based (laughs) on watching Chernobyl. I'm like, you people are freaking retarded. Yeah. If you're worried about a Chernobyl event happening now, it's almost impossible now because of things like Chernobyl happening. Well, it is. It is possible. That's (laughs) like saying, well, cars in the 1950s. But produced too many fossil fuel carbon, yeah, and saying that that's the same with most of our cars now. Like they're not no, even we've comparable. Learned. <laughs> it we- doesn't. Nuclear is very safe now. Yeah. See, this is this is a perfect reason why I just despise social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and it, and it, the same thing happened when that and one of the reasons why I never watched the show. It could be one of the greatest and the most hilarious shows that's ever aired on television, and I will never know because. I hate the character without even, and it's totally contempt prior to investigation. It's just like the Big Bang Theory. When the Big Bang Theory started airing and Sheldon's, and then all of a sudden, all these dumbass people I know on Facebook, when I was on Facebook back then, are like all of a sudden, like waxing like they're some kind of like scientist or mathematician. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I know who you are in real life. You're, you're like, a pubic hair away from being a fucking <laughs> retard. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> shut up. You know what I mean? It, it, this is the thing. Like, so all these people are like, oh, that's not the nuclear. Da, da, da. Shut up. Yeah. Like, really? Because if you have that great of a grasp of nuclear physics and fission or whatever, uh, why aren't you doing that for a living and making stacks of cash? Like, shut up. Yeah, 99% of the people who watch this are not going to know the first thing, which is why I love that in the... um the courtroom scene mm-hmm. he's explaining with those giant tile cards like he's showing how the it's a how constant, the blocks fell yeah it's a constant balance and here's what was happening and these guys had no clue what was happening because they didn't know from the beginning mm-hmm. how everything worked but you're everyone's saying well the science for nuclear doesn't work back then it even worked back then the soviets just covered it up mm-hmm. so they knew how to do it back then they just covered up the problem instead of fixing it yep which I don't know why they didn't just fix it under the exactly. dark of night. Whatever. It, it was. It's very weird. But I'm glad they called everyone comrade the whole show because it reminded you yes. just how ingrained it all was. And I also love that they didn't shy away from the whole. How many times did you hear this book bu- in in this show? Do you want to get the bullet? Yeah. Because it was widely practiced by the KGB mm-hmm. back then. That- oh yeah. You, you would be found guilty of something. They would put you in a room. They would have you write out uh, a confession. And as you're writing your confession, somebody would just walk in and shoot you behind the ear. Mm. Like, that's mm. how they did things. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, and it- it's, it's, a, it's a perfect example. And you, and you don't even have to say it's about Russia or it's against Russia or anything. Like, it's, it's, it's a perfect example of the absolute horrifying dangers of a bloated government. Yeah. Period. Yeah, this could be about America today, and I would still be as gripping. And it does. It doesn't matter. It's it's about somebody trying to cover up the truth, which is why I love that Jared Harris plays Legaskov, the main character, because he is one of my absolute favorite actors. So as soon as I heard his voice recording, I thought, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna be good." He did a phenomenal job in this when he's confronting the KGB about the. The one scientist that they grabbed, the lady, yeah. the lady that represents like forty different yeah, actual real people, <laughs> represented a whole bunch of people. Yeah, which is cool. That was the that was like, and when she was in the hospital, mm-hmm. 
when she pulled the mom out of the room. Oh, yeah. And then out of the dark, she's like, well, somebody's going to find out. Yeah. Who's going to find out? You just, and yeah. these two KGB guys just walk around the corner. I'm like, holy crap. She had to <laughs> know yeah, they dude, were there. Yeah, dude, it's terrible. She uh, had to know they were there. Yeah. Oh, it is terrifying. This whole but, show is is gripping and, and terrifying. And, it's just, and, and but I, you cannot look away. It's just yeah. like, it is told and acted and every directed so well. And I get it. It's it's a television show. It's made in it's made today. Everything most generally something's going to get Hollywoodized to make a point. Of course. Um the helicopter crashing is Hollywoodized to make a point of how much radiation was being still being spewed out of the top of that pillar. Yeah. I get it. It may not have actually happened, but it made the point. It made you go, okay, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, the kid, the guy's having to go shoot all the animals. Like, yeah. They had to kill all the animals. Can you imagine? So I'm, I'm yeah, like, they, I, I, and to me, I was like, even if it's Hollywoodized a little, the, the story, the, it was See, still, still, for me, it was learning. I learned stuff about oh. Chernobyl I had no clue about. Oh, it was, it was great. You, you, you can, you can take liberties with giving the Hollywood story to s- certain aspects of things, but you can't, you know, I think they got the main gist of the story. They definitely got the main gist of the story. And I agree 100% with what Jared just said. Like, so, okay. Even if, the, even if the helicopter scene was Hollywoodized, like, so how, how do you put in context as somebody that's making a movie or making a show? Hey, there's more radiation coming off this piece of roof than, like 40 times the Hiroshima bomb. That's like crazy. you can say that a bunch of times and they did say it a bunch of times, but like, how do you put that into a visual context for your show? Um, and I think that doing that helicopter scene was a really good way of doing that. The, the helicopter and they, scene they, they did a that start. a bunch in this, this show. Yeah. I, I have to say that this show probably more than anything I've watched in recent memory was like, even though I knew how this turns out and I know that like, yeah, it was a horrible incident, like an insanely horrible thing that happened, but the world didn't end. Like mm-hmm. there were so many times in the show that it was just like this hopeless down in the pit of my stomach feeling watching, like yeah. especially when the three divers went down and the lights went out oh. and it was mm-hmm. dark and all you heard was like the rad counter just like oh. and then like the episode yeah. ended like that. It was just like, oh, my God, dude, it was so visceral, mm-hmm. which th- two of those three guys still alive today mm-hmm. and the other one just died like a couple years ago <laughs> yep. Can you imagine and uh, i want to say the the helicopter was a good start then they started having the uh lunar rovers and stuff mm-hmm. and the robots on the roof and that got even more intense and then they that one 90 second scene where they send the guys out and they're like fumbling around and the dude gets stuck and you're just like oh my gosh that was awesome <laughs> like it's, yeah. and it's so terrifying. And the thing is, is the, it's the scene, it, the scenes in between the rovers and the men, where the two main characters, yeah, the oh, yeah, their scene, haven't... their scene where they're like, then we use, then we use human robots, yeah, like, and he because he just had to dumb it down. We have no choice whatsoever. We have to do so. This. And I, th- I, th- I think that's the bigger point of this show was to show the human toll. Oh, yeah. You know, because they even they even made a point that, you know, the official USSR death toll 
like, that hasn't been updated since 1986. It's like, what was it, like 39 people? I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was yeah. like 28. I mean, it was so small. Yeah, so you know for a fact that's not factual, right? Yeah. Especially seeing as how they're estimating that. It, it's just, it's baffling. I think they were, It's absolutely baffling. I think they rough estimates were like four to 9,000. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, obviously lots of people and kids got cancer and stuff. And, oh, it's crazy. We've got to talk about the guy who played Boris, Stellan Skarsgård. Man, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you could so, barely even recognize him in this movie. They really. He looked they Russian. Really, they ruskied <laughs> the hell out of him. Yeah, he looked like a Russian Soviet yes. KGB style guy. Man, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love. What, what that, nationality is he in real life? I think, I think he's like Scandinavian. One of those. Okay, I can look it up if you want me to. Because um, I know he, 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 in in all of his roles, he has kind of like a a very European t- accent, like a very Scandinavian accent. He is like, I, dude, everything he's, his his looks, his mannerisms, his affectations, everything in this movie, dude. Yeah, they. He's Swedish. He, he's one hundred percent of Boris in this show. <laughs> yeah. And he, he when you hear him do interviews, he has a a very European sounding. He's apparently Swedish, Swedish, so Swedish, so Swedish. <laughs> Just see it, watch it. It's hard to stop watching, that's for sure. I, watch I, it. I forced myself to watch it. Watch it. it. It's it's amazing. And it's it's got a. It, this, I'll talk about the score real quick again. It said just sounded radioactive. It was just that yeah. sometimes you're just like, oh, it just grates under your skin, and it was perfect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all the background. That's, the that's background insane. Oh, One of the other things I got to say before we quit, before we stop talking about that, when they're talking about the aftermath and everything when at the end where they're putting all the facts on the screen, that the dude – for gross mismanagement, got 10 years hard labor, and after his 10 years hard labor, went back to work. At a nuclear plant. <laughs> yeah. At a nuclear power I, plant. I, I stopped it and like rewind. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> oh, like, a, did that say what I think it yeah, just like, said? I, what? Did, my brain trying to trick me. <laughs> get, mm-hmm. get back to work, comrade. <laughs> he the, the director tried to talk to as many of these actual real people as he possibly could. A lot of them denied the interviews just because they've got they've like moved on with their life and he was trying mm-hmm. to respect their privacy but he talked to as many firsthand well, accounts as he get... possibly could you know because they wanted to get this story yeah. as close to the truth as they possibly could because that's kind of the whole point of the story he's trying to tell <laughs> and i think they did a really good job i mean i i definitely learned some stuff about it and you know i'm like joe like it's 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 a weird fascinating thing for me too Especially now, I don't know if you know anything about Chernobyl now. You're allowed to visit it now. Yes. Like a very short burst, obviously. Well and there was that a was it was it the Grand Tour or uh Top Gear where th- they had the I think they had to run Top out of Gear. gas before they got to the actual reactor? Yeah, I think it was Top Gear. Because Jeremy's the one that lost, right? I think he was the one who was yeah. right around and going, it, Oh they, my god. And you could tell like <laughs> Normally, these are three guys that do nothing but grab ass and make jokes, and like all three of them were like ashen face, terrified. Yeah, they were terrified. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, you're allowed to go, but you have to have obviously special permission from the Ukrainian government. But um, they're building this like um, contact. You ever see the movie Contact? Mm-hmm. Like dome thing they over. Finished it. 
It's done. It's oh, done. I didn't even know it's done. Wow. I saw. I read about. I read. A, that was one of the things I read in one of the articles. Oh, is they fin- cool. finally finished the containment dome. It is. The, when I saw it being built, I was terrified. Like that is just. It looks. I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. So well, the, yeah. The original concrete sarcophagus they put over the thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, again, and before before the masses come out of social media, all these unfounded geniuses that understand all things nuclear, apparently. I don't know if it's because of the radiation, but for whatever reason, like it was the concrete was just breaking down and crumbling. Well, imagine that. The, the original <laughs> the original sarcophagus concrete that they put over in it. the Soviet Union was co- was collapsing. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> the, the, the line. Good point. Yeah. The line where he says where he's talking about uh, the one thing that the Soviet Union does good is using cheap materials, or everything has to be cheap. Whatever that line yeah. was was great. Very very good point. <laughs> yeah, that dome is terrifying. Like when it was being built, it looked way more terrifying. Like they were building some kind of Stargate inside of there. <laughs> just gonna... Very good, mo- very good miniseries. Keep wanting to say movie or show. Well, dude, I'm I'm <laughs> loving that they're making all these miniseries. Like it seems like this is a new trend with yeah. these streaming services that I'm absolutely loving. Instead of like dumbing everything down to a two or two and a half hour movie, they're taking the time to flesh things out. And I, 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 as a viewer, appreciate the hell out of it. I do too. And, um, you know, props to the director. I forgot to look up his name, but can't remember it. For wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. And they apparently pitched it to HBO and they said, okay. <laughs> and then gave them a buttload of money to do it because <laughs> could not have been cheap. They uh, uh, Apparently there is a... Um, in Lithuania, there's a, a sister Reactor. plant, yeah, that is still uh, operational today. Oh, there's a couple of them. Well, this one is like identical to the one in Chern- Chernobyl, mm. and they filmed a lot of it there. I oh, that, that's cool. They filmed a couple things in Chernobyl, but not much, because obviously you can't be there. So, the director's name is Johan Renk, and one Yo. of his other directing credits is The Walking Dead. Oh, really? He must have done a couple episodes. Yeah, back in 2010. There were some Walking Dead uh, people in this show. It's just phenomenal, like to think about the two main characters and they land in a helicopter and their life has immediately been cut down to five years, just because they went. Um, there. yeah. Like, and oh, when when think about that when he tells Skarsgårds when he tells Boris that you just the way he acts like that realization. Like, yeah, oh, like, holy crap! Amazing. <laughs> let's end on a let's end on a fantastic and happy and another kind of weird happy Armageddon. Nope. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a comedy slash tragedy slash weird show. Pretty cool soundtrack. Every episode had like one really cool song that they would use for something. I don't even know where to start with this show. It's it's so freaking weird. It's based on a comic book. So there's your number one. That's why it's weird. Well, a, a comic book that was written by the front man for a band called My Chemical Romance, which is like an emo <laughs> oh, band yeah. from, from the 90s. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, 90s, early 2000s. I don't really know. I was never really into them. But yeah, that's pretty wild. I know where to start in this show because I was so amazed by it. I actually looked it up and did a little bit of research. So one of the things that struck me the most about this show was the cinematography. Just yeah, some of the go. shots and the way that they shot things. And like, I was just blown away in this show. And I completely understand why, uh, after looking up the guy who is responsible for 
six out of the ten episodes cinematography, the director of photography is a guy named Neville Kidd. Okay. And here's some things that are on Neville Kidd's uh, filmography as being the director of photography. He did two different episodes of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he did the uh, season three, episode three, His Last Vow, and season four, episode two of the lying, uh, the one called The Lying Detective. So and and as soon as I saw that, I was like, I can totally kind of see that same style in this show. He uh, directed fourteen, or was the director of photography for fourteen episodes of Outland. And then this one is the one that that really got me, that I found really amazing. So he did one, two, three, four, five, six, six episodes of Doctor Who. Oh wow! Now, out of the six episodes of Doctor Who. Check out this friggin' stack of badass episodes. He did Asylum, <laughs> Asylum of the Daleks. Yeah, great. Angels Take Manhattan. Nice. The Name of the Doctor. Nice. The Day of the Doctor. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the Time of the Doctor. <laughs> it was like top five and, episodes. Yeah, and Last Christmas. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so like <laughs> amazing friggin' episodes of Doctor Who that he did. <laughs> and like that all show, like... That was, I think, of all the things in this show that were just wonky and crazy and off the beaten path and new and refreshing. I think, like, still the thing that got me the most in this show was not just the soundtrack, but like the different shots and the way that these characters were represented on screen. It was absolutely brilliant. And I think that lens, um, when it's based on a comic book, I think you get a little more freedom to make it look a little more dynamic rather than the. Steady 80 cam and, you know, you're doing your typical shots of this over this person's shoulder, talking to that person, that type of crap. You can do some really weird stuff. I'm trying to think of um, the one attack scene in the house and uh, who is the drug addict? What's his name? Klaus. Klaus, yeah. Klaus is like dancing around in his towel and he's got his headphones on and stuff. Like, that's just awesome yeah. stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's right before the scene where, oh my god, it was the last thing I expected, and I I cracked up so hard that I had to like pause it and rewind it. And it's when they're like strangling him in a chair to try to interrogate him, and he's like, "I'm almost there." I was like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, that was a that was it's a like fascinating you, you character. You went there. You had to go there. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about Klaus for a second, because that he's a really fascinating character. He becomes a dr- dr- drug addict because he's so terrified of his superpower. Yeah, <laughs> and then ends up traveling back in time and serving in Nam. <laughs> it's like, oh my, that God. was <laughs> that was kind of strange. <laughs> Such a weird little twist that you're like, I I like this character. It's so off the wall. But I think that's another thing that was so refreshing about this show too is that you had these superpowered individuals that were just heartbreakingly tragically human. Oh yeah. All right. Of them, all of like them. in your, and we're, we're so used to these godlike superheroes mm-hmm. that we often forget, or at least they're not portrayed normally as being real human beings. And every single one of them in the show was so human. And I mm-hmm. loved that. And that's part of the reason why I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That that actually makes sense. I mean, just based on stuff that you know what I know it, about you, it, what you it, like. Yeah, it's it it was it was too slow most of the time. 
And then when they when things started happening, it was almost too rushed. Yeah, in my opinion, it had that like, pacing. The build up in like the first like six episodes was so slow, so drawn out. Yeah, trying to build characters, but also you're thrown into the middle of it and trying to get flashbacks and backstory and everything. Was, and yeah, then by the lot. time that you finally get to the point where okay, now we're gonna deal with the apocalypse, <laughs> it's like okay, boom, boom, done. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, it, it could have it could have been two two or three episodes long. I, I'll agree. Or speed up the start, <laughs> combined yeah. a couple of those pieces together a little bit. They were definitely slow playing a lot. Like I don't know. As soon as Vanya pops a pill, I'm like, she has superpowers. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It. Right. Right from yeah, the very beginning, that was the other I thing was that calling the that. Crap I was, out of me. That was. Yeah. yeah. You can't have it's this like, girl that's born on all the other days, and she doesn't. Okay, they're hiding it somehow. I thought I was I was only wrong in the fact that I thought that she was going to come out and stop Armageddon as the most I like I no. as soon as they <laughs> as soon as they introduced that character I was like yep she has superpowers and she's probably the most powerful one. The, that that and, probably would have been a good ending if they didn't plan to continue this show which they've already renewed for season 2 which if you know the ending Spoiler, you know, yeah. it's obviously going to have a season as, two. As soon as it got into my head that she had superpowers, I'm like, she's the she's the one that's going to cause the apocalypse. Yeah, it did make, I'm like, it did make it was, sense. Especially also, also, and I, I'm, I'm like going to get on my soapbox about oh, about an actress for about that actress for a minute. Ellen Page. I cannot watch her anymore. <laughs> she has come I, out. She has I come agree. out in social media so ridiculously. Oh, about what? About feminism oh, and save the planet and bullcrap like that. As soon as I realized she was the most powerful character, I was like, yep, she See, had to I be the most I powerful dis- one. I don't dislike her because of her politics. I just expect every Hollywood well, that's, that's a good point. celebrity mm-hmm. or almost every Hollywood celebrity to be a dick, right? Like that just comes par for the course. The reason I don't like Ellen Page is she, she burst onto the scene as Juno back in the day, and that's mm-hmm. a cool little movie, right? Mm-hmm. But then after that, every time I've seen her act in anything to include this show, dude, she makes Kristen Stewart and Sophie Turner look like emotional giants. Like we were, you guys were ripping Sophie Turner's acting ability on the last podcast about not having any rain. I've never seen such a dead face actor in my entire life. No, like do something, blink. Yeah, I, I think I think with Vanya it worked really well. It did. And so I thought she was a good pick for this role. But if you go back and she's uh, Kitty Pride, and she's not doing much more there. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Inception, which is a movie I mm-hmm. love. And the character could have been played by anyone because she really gave yeah. nothing to it. And you're just like, okay, so you're, you're just not acting. <laughs> you're I, just showing up and saying, hey. I, it's like you're, yeah, she's in basically. such really cool things. like. How can you not be a cool person? Like yeah. you did some really weird stuff. See that, see, Joe. I try not to to delve into Hollywood politics, but when it comes out and it's all over social media because everyone's looking at her at that point because she's made such a big of an ass out of herself. Oh yeah, in no, regards I, I, to like I totally all that understand crap, where you're coming it, from. The problem that I have is is then all I see is that tainted. So every yeah. so every time she you plays a tainted. character, it's tainted by the fact that I know she's just a pure dick in real life you said tainted again. well i mean and and, and another and... perfect example of this was i'm sure that if brie larson wasn't such an asshole 
talk, talking shit about the entire, basically, a bulk of the fan base mm-hmm. of comic book movies. <laughs> of comic that book. Show, that movie probably would have done better. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 doesn't, it generally doesn't help any actor to get on their soapbox about any issue. Like, just, just be an actor. Mm-hmm. That's what you're good and, at. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying you can't have your opinions. Have your opinions. You, you are just as entitled to have your opinions and your political leanings as anybody else, and mm-hmm. I support that 100%. Yes. My angst and my anger comes from just because you're an actor, just because you're a singer, just because you're anybody in the public eye or a celebrity of any standing – does not in any way, shape, or form mean that your opinion means anything more than anyone else's. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But I've I've never been one of these people that worships celebrities, and there seems to just be like an inordinate amount of celebrity worship in our country. That like, oh my God, they said this. It must be the most profound thing exactly. ever. Well, no, it's you not. You can blame the news for that. Brainwashed minions. Yeah, they make magazines and newspapers and shows all about glorifying them. So. Yes. I hate left-wing holes. Exactly. <laughs> so you didn't so getting getting back to the show, you didn't you didn't really like this show, Jared? I want to hear more about After this cuz I was blown so, away by it. So I watched that I watched so I watched Chernobyl weeks a couple weeks ago after you asked me for it at the last podcast. Um I watched Good Omens over over like 3 days cuz I watched it almost an episode a day. Yes. And then I I watched Umbrella Umbrella Academy last, and unfortunately, out of the three, it was the weakest, mm, in yeah. my opinion. And again, I'm not one of those people that likes that likes uh, like I have people. Have you ever? Have you guys ever watched the show True Detectives? I've heard of it, Joe. Have you I've heard of it. it. I've never watched okay. it either. It's it it's great written, great actor acting. I hate it because it's so slow. Hmm. It's a lot like Broadchurch, where they drag uh, out a uh, a case over yeah. ten episodes, and I'm like, "Oh my god, just get to the point already!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to shows like NCIS and CSIs and things where every crime is bottled into forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, so dragging something out for a huge amount of time unless it's a big big plot line where you make a continual episode that annoys me it makes me want to fall asleep hmm. and my problem is is the the Klaus character which at the beginning I just had no care for in the world yeah he's um, like the predictable floozy drug addict and most like, of okay. the other ones were were being dicks to each other so much that I really didn't care for them either yeah um there, the the show took so long to get me vested mm-hmm. that it almost lost me because it was took that long. I'm glad it didn't. So did I mean, I like still it? I want overall. Because did I you like we were, it though? In the, the end, story? I liked I liked the last few episodes after they got to they got on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Because then it was the superhero show, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. They're kind of working together, but they're still kind of being dicks. I get it. So yeah. it's kind of like a mix of the losers. Uh, yeah. comic and like the Avengers. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. This is funny. This is cool. Yeah, even the the way that they ended it, where they didn't technically win, they screwed up. Still, yeah, 
and are basically having to time travel to to try to fix it again is like yeah okay okay, that (laughs) at the end i'm like okay i'm i'm happy with this this is funny because they're not they're not a cohesive team and they screwed up but the the beginning with trying to get through all of their and i'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound really dickish all of their baggage well they do have a lot and, of baggage. And I get it because yeah, there, there human, was no, there was a lot of baggage. I agree with that. You know, yeah. you're not you're not dickish at all by no, saying that. There was well, a my, lot of baggage. The reason to get why I'm it. saying it's dickish is because, okay, I get it. They're trying to make them human, and so baggage comes with that. But I'm like, okay, you drug that baggage out for way too long. Well, you, let's compartmentalize it a little bit more. When <laughs> when your mom your your mother figure is a robot, yeah, and exactly. Your father figure is a, a Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> there's going to be. Well, some there was baggage. all kinds of there was all kinds of weird timey wimey stuff in the exactly. show too, and I'm I'm, oh, I'm glad that you it. brought that up about the time traveling at the end because at the end, <laughs> everywhere else. Well, every, well, every, every episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm saying at the end of what you were talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the at way the end ended. of your yep. at the end of your comments. Yes. When you brought it up. Um. So one of the things that really aggravated me several times in this show is when, like, so when I first saw this, this was the first one I watched. I watched this one first, then I watched Chernobyl, and then I watched Good Omens. Okay. I actually just finished Good Omens this morning. I watched episodes five and six today. I, I did the same. I order, was like, actually, I was trying to read through the book to then oh, watch okay. the show. You did the same order, Adam? I did, I did the same order and watched the last Good Omens uh, <coughs> last night, I think. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So when I first saw this, like I hadn't heard word one about this. All I know is that Adam asks for this and wanted to see it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch it. If it's like, it's something that's on Adam's radar. That's like, he wants to watch. I'll check it out. And I'll have to admit the first episode I watched, I was like, I'm intrigued, but I don't really even know. Like, I was just like, what, mm-hmm. what the shit is this? <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, Okay, yeah, like this is cool and weird, but I have no idea what's going on. See, and yeah. that that that, and cool. like, the, that the hook the hook for me the hook for me was that it was just an absolute mess that first episode. Yeah. I was like, I've got I've got to watch the next one just to see what the well, fuck's going on. <laughs> right? I agree with you, Joe. Um Yeah, but so one of the things that you were talking about, one of the things that drove me nuts about this show was it's like every episode they're like, All right, we're together. We need to stay together. We can't do this unless we stay together. And they just all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here. You two go over there. And I was just like, stop doing that. Yeah. And there was one episode where they're like all split up, and like part of them have the information, and the other part don't. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why don't they just call each other? Like, call each other. And it wasn't until I was doing the research on the um, cinematography, and then I started reading the trivia on IMDb because I always love the trivia section that. There was such a weird timey-wimey thing going on with the show that the director very purposely didn't have cell phones in this movie, in this show. Not only that, but apparently if you go back and look in the background, the the vehicles and the even the fashions that people are wearing are like of a smattering of different time. Yeah. So like there's no concrete time frame that it's in. And that actually made me appreciate this show more after the fact when I read that. It it also, it's... A little bit of storytelling insight. It makes storytelling easier when you don't have cell phones. 
because there's so many plots and so many movies and stories over the years that can be solved in an instance if somebody could just text or call somebody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But because I'm separated from these people and I, I have I have this 30% of the information and they have the other 70% and oh, together we can save the world. That's the that's why they did it. Yeah. But to me it fits, especially with all the timey-wimeyness. And then they introduce number five, who's that kid. Mm-hmm. And that kid's name is Aiden Gallagher, and I just want to say his name because that kid can act. Oh, yeah, he was like, great. <laughs> he is playing this, like, 65-year-old bitter man who's been stuck at the end of the world and fell in love with a mannequin, which is just hilarious. Yeah, I'm that like, is great. Not only can he act, kid? but here's another thing that I found out in a trivia. So this was predominantly filmed in Ontario, Canada. Oh, yeah? And apparently it's some labor law in Canada that child actors can't be on set any time that there's, like, violence or gun battles going on. Really? Like, yep. can't be on set? Or, like, did he have to go back to his trailer type of thing? It, it didn't explain it very much. It just said that hmm. a lot of the scenes that he had to film that were in the middle of violent or gun battle scenes, he had to come in on his own and film his portion by himself. So, so he didn't even have the other people there to act off of. Wow. So, so like yeah, the scene he, can the, act, um... he can act. He can act. The scene in the um, the shopping mall where they're the, shooting yeah, at the department him store. <laughs> He's just running around by himself with that. He's crawling mannequin. around on the floor, reacting to bullets that aren't there. <laughs> that mannequin could use a new uh, outfit. <laughs> Such a stupid line. Oh, that was awesome. I will say so, Joe. I agree with you. the re- The first episode, I agree with both of your guys' opinions on the fact that it was just is like, what the hell is this? I need to watch the second one. My problem is, is by the end of the second one, I was still going, what the hell is up with this show? <laughs> and it was starting to bore me. And oh, I'm like, okay. But don't get don't get me wrong. I, all <laughs> the way up until the end, and probably still now, I kind of want to watch it again just to see it again, because I'm still very much like, what the hell is up with mm-hmm. this show? <laughs> J- Jared and I were literally talking about that before we started. How, man, I kind of want to go back, because yeah. there's a lot going on. It is not a, a simple plot, that's for sure. The The time travel episode where they relive the day, they they oh, show it, the whole day changes. and then it reverses. Yeah, that was cool. And starts over. I was like, I was like, that episode got me because it was good enough. It was cool enough following the plot of the day as it went the first time. Oh yeah. And then when they reversed it and did it all over again, I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh no, okay, we're, we're getting there. We're stuck in a loop now. So yeah, it was cool. The the shooting a hole in the <laughs> the moon and causing the apocalypse was hilarious. It actually was. That whole scene where she is like in her full evil mode. Which yeah. If I've seen pictures of it from the comics, she's like this white violinist. So mm-hmm. they were going for that. I'm definitely going to have to read this comic because it's just too freaking weird. <laughs> um, that whole scene was cool. And just the fact that they're, and that's obviously why they kept splitting them apart throughout the series. Cause they knew at the end, they will finally be together, maybe begrudgingly. And then they will be able to take this task on. I also thought it was because remember how five didn't do the calculation right, yeah, and came back as a child. I liked how the end as he's like, "Well, I've never done this before," yeah, and as he's pulling them all the way, they all turn into the young selves with like him. I'm like, so I'm like, really, you're gonna do it again? Make them all young? (laughs) Well, let's talk about that because I'm wondering if that was just a cinematography thing to show, 
hey, that they're united. Here again. they are. Yeah. Because you can't just tell all these adult actors don't come back. Exactly. I'm like, we're going to have an all kids show now. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they'll do part of it. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But it was pretty interesting that they're like, okay, well, the world's ending. Let's just disappear. <laughs> so okay. how how is this slated? Is this slated to get more seasons? Yeah, it's, it's already deal. been renewed for It has two. been renewed for another one. Nice. Yeah, so we'll at least get one more. I plan to, in the meantime, read the comics and see how, how it is. Then we can talk about that whenever season two yeah. comes out. Who yeah. knows when that'll be. If they apparently have to have number five not working with anybody on a show that's somewhat violent. <laughs> so so I'm going to get your guys' opinion on this. The Continuum or whatever that group is, the, the, basically the Time Bureau. Oh, yeah. Is it just me or did that whole plot seem not nece- not necessarily important? You mean when he, he goes to like, work for him? No, like the the whole or them chasing him. The whole them trying to stop like the whole other than the fact that it other than the fact that 5 came back to try to stop the apocalypse and they kept slowing him down the whole time. In the end it all still ended up happening anyways. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like I I so think does I think that that's even the really point. Have... I kind of think that's the point. Though. Yeah. That's that's the irony of the story. Yeah. It's just kind of in the end I looked at it I'm like well, really, did they need that at all? Because it kind of still happened the way it was supposed right. to happen, anyway. I think that's the, the weirdness. Or was it of just this. another sub? Or was it just another it, sub story that they threw in the mix to do to keep the plot going or something? I don't know. Who, just who knows? I, I would assume this but, is close to the books because I hope it's it's a dark horse, and if you're going to do these kind of things, you usually keep them. That's close. see, that's what I should have realized a lot sooner. What? Because I've watched Watchmen too, and Watchmen is dry. And dark. It's it's different. And and humany. Yeah, but it's and not like, like this. And there are points in it where I get bored with it too, because it's long and drawn out. I could should have realized the same thing was going to happen with this initially. Yeah. You get your payoff, but it, you have to slog through the rest of it to get there. Yeah. I, <laughs> you got to wade really through like the human it. baggage to get there. I, I like that kind so. of thing. Well, and it it has its place. It's just when it's in TV. I mean, you could have made it. Two episodes shorter. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, like I said, spent I'd, the baggage up. I'd like to go back again and see how that plays again. And that may be the thing I may need to like. Like I told you earlier, a lot of my TV nowadays is watched while I'm at work. So I'm yeah, this keeping you... tabs on it because it's on one screen while I'm working on another. Yeah. So there are times in like, especially in like Good Omens and Chernobyl, where I was listening to it and then had to stop and rewind because I wanted to see what happened wanted to see the actual action part of it because sometimes it was just noises and not actual talking. So you didn't know what was going on. I did the same thing with umbrella. I had to rewind it a couple times, Mm. but at the same time, it's not something I set here at home and binge watched Mm. where my focus, other than looking down at my phone was entirely on it. So yeah, I think this show needs to be, have your full attention. Yeah. Honestly, all and three could, of these it shows. It could be why I thought it was so slow because I wasn't paying attention to everything going on in the background. Yeah. So. Well, there's a lot of quick things. Good Omens was like this too. I have a lot of quick moments with a joke, mm-hmm. even a silent joke, like something off screen that they don't pay any attention to. Just like if you catch it, sweet. Yeah. That, that's the stuff I love. Like, thank you, because you're not talking down to your audience. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not spoon feeding your audience. Yeah. 
I will say I will say on the others on the other topic right now. Uh, Twin Peaks is completely tainting my life with irritating show show drag out. Well, well. So what did you expect? while I'm, while I've been watching <laughs> Twin Peaks in the background an episode at a time because that's all I can stand to stomach at one time is one episode because it's so damn slow. Yeah, it's dead. Um. That also taints every other show I watch. If it's too slow, I'm like, get with it. <laughs> Sorry. So, Jerry, before you start talking about everything you've been watching, because there's a lot of it. Yes. True. You got any final Umbrella Academy thoughts? Sorry, I went off the rails real quick. You're okay. <laughs> went off on my yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I, all, all three I of these shows, the I was really impressed with all three of these shows. That's It was... Really I had good. A, I had a hard problem watching where they're every episode they're talking about donuts, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying not to go eat donuts every day. Thank you. Stop making me want to eat donuts. <laughs> donuts. Oh, not. And what's his name? Donuts. What's his name? Peabody. Mm. The guy that shows up, Leonard. He shows up to Vanya's place. Like, teach oh, me how yeah. to do it. I'm like. This dude is a creeper and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how, oh, yeah. Like, totally. How did she not realize this? And your sister's saying, hey, this dude is a creeper and a half. And it's just like, oh, my God. So yeah. predictable. Exactly. Uh, that's okay. There was a lot of things. That were first thing First thing I thought when he popped up on screen is, who's this Ralph Macchio lookalike motherfucker? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to mention Mary J. Blige being like this evil character like oh my gosh hitman i didn't even recognize that it was her for like two episodes like oh dude yeah i loved those two yeah, i i would watch a hilarious. show just i would watch a show of those two yeah they're freaking great hazel <laughs> hazel and chacha it's like two of the weirdest names <laughs> ever. hazel and chacha <gasps> it's amazing uh yeah this and i and i love one of the things i did i got to kick uh, one one last thought for me on this show that it just made me laugh. Like it, I had me giggling a couple of times. It's like, all right, this is a, a continuum agency mm-hmm. that has like that keeps putting their agents in like shitty <laughs> hotels yeah. and not giving them their per diem. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like we're dealing with the technology to like have time traveling assassins, and they're complaining about their per diem rate. Like again, you know, just <laughs> along the same lines of superheroes that are very human. Having like this, you know, the the time traveling assassins complaining about their per diem rates. It was freaking hilarious to me. And they all dress like they're from the fifties, and it's like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Hot news? Sure. Ready for some hot news? Hot news. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Did you add that? You added that one in there. I heard it. That's crazy. What? (laughs) That's Joe saying. What? (laughs) <laughs> couldn't find the cold the stone colds that joe just said what what nope i replaced it you've been replaced hmm. jared you've been watching some things been watching a bunch of things did you watch just i'll start you here did you watch jessica jones season three no i have not yet okay, i have good. it downloaded i was about to unfriend you <laughs> i have it downloaded don't watch it and why'd you download i saw that i was like why did jared download this because it came out, and I'm like, okay, am I going to p- torture myself or not? And I haven't decided to torture myself yet. Well, if you do, you the can The problem is, is, I, I, was like, I was like, okay, it's probably going to be as much of a torture as Twin Peaks, so i got to figure out when I'm going to stop torturing myself with TV shows. I didn't I didn't even finish season two of Jessica. I couldn't. It was just so bad. I did, and 
Meh. I had it on in the background while I did other stuff. Those last See, that's, few episodes because I was just like, I can't do this. It's one of those things I'm probably going to watch it at work so that I can kind of just get through it slowly but surely. Well, um, go for it and then tell us yeah. how bad it is. <laughs> Not that we need to be told, but... Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them reviving after season two. So, but we'll see. We'll give it a shot. Um, but no, I've been to a bunch of movies lately. Ooh, what'd bunch, you see? Bunch of movies. What'd you see? So I, I found the joy that is the South Drive-In with its double features every Friday night. And that is why you're wrong. No. <laughs> so last Friday. Is it an, it's an actual drive-in theater? Yes. They have two screens and they do a double feature. They yeah. start at 930 awesome. and they show one movie. And then there's a five minute intermission and then they show another movie on the same screen. So we get out at we we get out at two in the morning. Yeah, we haven't been getting to bed until almost three in the morning because it it goes until almost two. <laughs> every Holy time. crap! That's, yeah, there's a lot of movies. It's, it's long. Um, a lot of movies. And and the first time around, I fell asleep through the second movie because it was boring. What'd you see? Uh, the first time around, I saw MIB, three. Oh, the sidequel. It was actually great. Thor Ragnarok returns. In, in comparison to the first ones, it was on par. Yeah, that's what I figured. So, really? You're yeah. the first person I've heard say that because it's been getting tore up. I thought it was okay except for... Wait, and why do you say three? This is the fourth movie. No, it's three. No, it's the fourth movie. It is the fourth this movie? This is the fourth movie, yeah, because yeah. Men in Black 3 was actually fantastic. Tells That tells you how much I remembered that third movie. You should, <laughs> you should watch it. Is it on your... your I don't film? think it's on... I don't think I have... Yeah, three is a lot a of one. MIBs on mine. Sorry, so MIB four or MIB International is the case of the title. MIBI, eh. maybe. So it actually <laughs> had a very interesting, a very interesting plot that you didn't actually figure out until closer to the end. So it wasn't as predictable as. Oh really? A lot of it is. Um, I mean, it wasn't alien comes to Earth and tries to destroy Earth. <clears throat> Yeah, well, it is that, but I mean, because that's why I'm saying if it's if you like the other MIBs, you'll like this one. It's it's like everything else. You like a Jurassic Park movie, you'll like the yeah, yeah. It's a good point. You like uh, you, you know what you're gonna get from an MIB movie. Yeah. Like uh, Godzilla, you like uh, monster yeah. movies, you like Godzilla, King of the Monsters. It's the same idea. You, you've seen MIB and you see their plot line. Expects very similar, and it was all right. Well, you know, I'll go see it. So don't so. spoil don't spoil that little twist. That no, I won't spoil it I won't. because I, I'll go see it because it, if it's if it's got your seal of approval or at least as much I, as I, en- you, I enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it because I went in with very low expectations on it and it at least semi impressed me with as much as it kept up with the originals. So that's great. Um, Chris Helmworth. The thing is, is I like that that duo. Oh, yeah. That's the other reason why I wanted to see it because she they did so America, well. Though? Is huh? she playing an yeah, American? she's playing an American. That's annoying. I like her. Yeah, he's the accent. Brit and she's the American. So he's a Brit. Yeah, he's, he's not su- Australian. He's supposed to, he's MIB London, so he's supposed to be oh British. God. Just use your natural accents, people. <laughs> he kind of yeah, more or less does in the movie. So oh boy, but <laughs> I I I at least laughed and enjoyed it. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Funny. Does he get fat in this movie? No, he does not. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I saw I was watching the Graham Norton where he was on, and I I watched it because Michael Sheen and David Tennant were on to talk oh. about Good Omens, and he was just happened to be there to talk about MIB, and Graham pulled up 
a picture of the fat suit, the Thor fat suit, and he t- started talking about it and how accurate it was to like if his body really was yeah. that fat. They scanned and, it, and every yeah. every actual feature of his body was on that bodysuit. Yeah, and how people would come up to him and like give him hugs and touch him too much, and he was like, "Go away." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so funny. MIB MIB was good. I would say go see it. See it in a matinee. Pay less for it. Dollar <laughs> theater. Pay um, less for this. I mean, the drive through is four fifty a movie, so you pay nine fifty to see two. Wow. Yeah, it's the price of one ticket at a normal theater. That's fantastic. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> that might be worth it. And they, and they have a very good FM tuner, so you get if you have a good stereo in oh, your car, you get stereo. good surround sound. Mm. So I've been listen, we've been going in the truck, well, and so I have an Alpine sound system very nice. with a, a decent little sub, Yeah, and it sounds amazing. That's cool. So, I saw, so we saw MIB. The other one we saw that night, so two weeks ago, was Brightburn. Well, which is the super which is the evil Superman type of plot ish storyline. I wanted to see that too, but a friend of mine said that basically oh, everything you see in the preview is yeah, what you're gonna see in the movie. Don't see it. Don't see it. Uh, that's oh. the one I fell asleep in. This is the one is supposed to be like some sort of horror film. Yeah, it's basically a horror film of which is kind of a Superman plot because it's a baby in a pod that gets raised by humans and in the teenage years something happens and he goes evil and that's where the horror line starts the horror plot starts so it's not a Clark Kent story it's not an actual Superman story but it's the same general plot style only instead of him becoming good because he was raised by good parents he was raised by good parents but then gets evil because of some other twist in the alien plot line yeah there's only one good it, way to do that story joe it was so slow oh yeah for for a two-hour movie it was drearily slow i was having trouble Damn. staying awake that's how bad it was it's crazy um and every bit and every bit of superpower payoff james gunn was in that. the tree was in the trailer mm, that's... so if you've seen the trailer you've seen every bit of superpowers he uses that's a sony film that's amazing, yeah, because that's that's exactly what my actually, buddy Josh said. He when, went and saw it in the theater, and he said the same thing. He said everything up, you see in the preview is all the good parts. Exactly. When we pulled up the the How when she was we were going to go see uh, Godzilla and Secret Life uh, Secret Life of Pets too because that was on the other screen that night. Mm. I'm like, I'll watch Godzilla again because I liked Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And then she pulled up the other screen, and it was MIB, which I was like, because eh, <laughs> I really didn't want to see it. I was I was like, I don't want to pay to see it. Mm. And as soon as she said Brightburn, I'm like, oh, I really want to see that. <laughs> so we went because I wanted to see Brightburn, and then it was <laughs> And I was like, damn it, MIB was better. <laughs> this is where I recommend uh, the only way to tell a Superman-style character as evil is the Red Sun mm-hmm. comic book. And that's what you, you, you were talking to me earlier. Yeah, where the pod... Spoiler, the pod falls into Soviet Russia, and he is raised by the Russians. Yeah. And Lex Luthor is the American hero who tried to take down the Soviet. Superman. Oh, it's so great. So so that was the first two movies we saw um, hmm. at the drive-thru. The last two we saw just two days ago. We went Friday night again. Um, and that was uh, Toy Story 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is actually really good. good. I, I 
How do you do Toy those Story, wrong? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Toy Story, the Pixar has done those very well every time, and they make bank because of it, because they do a good story with it. Isn't the same plot, um, though, as one of the other movies? Not that the I thought of. Buzz gets lost. Um, <laughs> it, they do use they keep that, up? Is, they is use the, that type of Is the timeline plot? keeping up? Cause yes. This, this is 20, 24 years later. Yeah, so it's... Well, uh, they're, Joe, they're toys. They don't age. <laughs> so this takes <laughs> I understand that, but... So after Toy Story 3, where they're donated to Bonnie... Bonnie grabs them, yeah. This is Bonnie a couple years older, like going to kindergarten. Bonnie's now a hooker down so the street. So Bonnie is which, just... Which, uh, which one was it where they were in that, like, three. that daycare... That was three. That's three. Okay. Then yeah, I have so, seen all three. So the, okay. end of, so the end of that one, uh, Andy gives the toys to Bonnie, which is a little kid that came to the daycare. Her mom helped. And this one basically starts with, uh, kind of shows Bonnie's story from that point really quick at the beginning. They kind of do the, the fast forward yeah. things of how she plays with the toys. Um, and then it's her first day of kindergarten. Or they're... They're the pre-day of kindergarten where they go before a couple weeks before kindergarten to see how the kids react to going to kindergarten, whatever that is. Orientation Mm. day is what they called it. Mm, Sounds communist. So, yeah. (laughs) But otherwise, it basically takes place just a a few years after that original, the end of Tour Story 3. Okay, that's good. So, um, but it kind of explains uh, why uh, Bo Peep wasn't in 3. The, shep- uh, the shepherdess and her sheep. Yes, we're not in three. Oh yeah. So that whole that's part of the plot line that drives oh. uh, four. That's good. Without it really giving it away. Um. So it's it's a good story. It was well well put together. Kind of does what every other Tory story and gives a a plot slash. Hey, here's the emotional twist. Here's the life lesson. Yeah, the usual. the kitty the kitty part that you that you take your kids to see it because it sh- they learn something from watching it along with enjoying the movie. Or the adults learn something and the <sighs> kids true. just stare at a screen. That's true. For a while. That's true. Um, <laughs> so we saw that. I'm one. honestly I'm honestly surprised that they still made a Toy Story four simply because so I. I'm sh- I'm sh- I'm sure that Disney hates that they have to give Tim Tim Allen a job. <laughs> That's a really because good he's very much an outspoken Trump supporter. Yep. Well, not just that, but he just makes fun of Hollywood culture in general. Yep. <laughs> and I love him for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh plug, watch Last Man Standing, very funny show. <laughs> like that old school traditional comedy that you used yep. to watch on Friday nights. Like it's that kind of show and it's nice. it's good. It's which funny. which incidentally was the highest rated show of its kind on that time block on any channel when it was canceled. Yeah, and who owned and it? Was it was very much, very much for political reason. Who Do you know who owned it then? No, I don't. It was on ABC, which uh, is owned by the mouse. Yep. So they fired him. See? Fox picked him up, and then they hired him again to do more Toy Stories. It's like, <laughs> dude, mouse, you make no sense. No, the mouse doesn't. <laughs> Jeez. It really doesn't because yeah, that was I remember that was a big stink when they canceled that show because it was the highest rated show on TV at the time when they canceled sh- it and everybody's yeah. like, what, why? I've and watched it, was- it since like sometime in the second season. I caught on to. I was like, oh, this is a funny show, and it was. It's never been bad. Like hmm. every episode is funny, and he tries to you know have a little lesson in it and that type of thing. It's good. 
It's a really good show. It was never worth being canceled. It was totally a political move, which is just BS. You want to yell about everything else political, but then you're not going to give the other anyone yep. else up yours, mouse. Exactly. <laughs> so, so speaking of one one other thing, I'm sorry, I'm going to say one number. more thing. Just a little little Tim Allen tidbit trivia thing that I found out the other day. Uh, one of the podcasts I love to listen to, they were talking about this, um, and it's 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 a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left, mm-hmm. and they do they go over like really horrifying events in history or serial killers and stuff like that, and they were talking about Joseph Mangala, and oh so to break up like all the horrible stuff that they were talking about, they had tool time trivia, <laughs> where they gave like trivia bits about home improvement. Nice. Just to like break the mood because it was just so awful. Some of the things that they were talking about, but apparently wow. all those times in uh, Tool Time, when in the show, because you know he had a show in the show, mm-hmm. right? That that studio audience for his show was the actual live studio audience that Tool Time was filmed in front of. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. You think they? Just anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, so the other movie that was on the double feature for with Toy Story was Aladdin. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prince Ali. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, I have absolutely no interest in seeing any of these live action movies. I, I, I don't go watch. Mean, go I watch really the cartoon. Don't. It's better. I was about to say I don't either, and and the one reason is because it's so disrespectful. To all the people who it's, made these hits 20 years ago mm-hmm. that we're just going to copy frame for frame. And I know there's like one new song in each one, which, ooh. But there's two reasons why I'm not going to watch any Don't of get me started The first reason that. is. That's that's one of the things I want to go off on. Oh, please do. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. What is what? No, I'll go off on it after you get done. <laughs> it's not for, to call them live action is stupid. It's not live yeah, they're all, they're all action. They're all it's CGI. like 90% CGI. Yeah. Yeah. So and white people are it's, playing it's all just, the. It's uh... just it's just a new technology cartoon. Yeah. It's like going from the Technicolor cartoons to the to the Futurama style cartoon, or yeah. this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, or like yeah. when Simpsons went. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's not live action. No. And mm. I I definitely won't see Aladdin. And I'm sorry. I like Will Smith. I like the, most of the movies that Will Smith has done. I've been a fan of Will Smith ever since I saw him on MTV talking about how parents just don't understand. But he's not the genie. There's only one freaking genie, and Robin Williams is the genie. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not going to see the damn movie. <laughs> the um, you also uh, another inconsistency of the mouse because I'm just going to pick on the mouse whenever I get a chance. Go for it. Even though I love a lot of stuff they do, not even enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've got all these um actors who are fairly Caucasian mm-hmm. playing all these roles that they want to be so inclusive about. Yep. And yet they can't go out and find someone who is even close to being ethnically related to yeah. someone who might have Did, grown up in the Middle East. Like Dis- um, hello. Disney Disney is Hydra. All right. Let's I just let's are. just say it. They're Disney is Hydra. Hydra right? Like that uh, they are. Yeah. Like I bet you could have a a casting in LA or in Atlanta, since that's like the new Hollywood, and say, "Hey, need to look." Not anymore, Eastern. thanks to the mouse. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to be Middle Eastern, or you know, of that descent somehow, even a little bit, 
and you're going to try to play uh, whatever stupid Jasmine, uh, you'd have 10,000 people show up. It's like, come on. It's not hard. Okay. So on my soapbox about Aladdin for a few moments. Um, Will Smith, horrible casting. <laughs> he tried. He failed. He didn't try hard enough. I was saying Will Smith, horrible casting. My pro- and, and I went over this with, I think it was with Deb on the way home from it. I'm like, he is not the fresh, fresh Pince anymore. He is not that type of comedian. He's not fresh. Yeah, he's not fresh anymore. He's much <laughs> older. Um, yeah. um, he did not hit a song that was in his vocal range. Oh, he sang? Yes. They didn't just replace he his He did the crap? intro song oh, Lord. and the Friend Like Me song. Oh, no. And both of them suck so bad. They are not in his range. He doesn't have anywhere close to the range, the range of Robin Williams in uh, accents and other voices. So it was horrible. It didn't until until no they did the uh, the entrance song where he had the entourage that was also singing with him. Oh, mm-hmm. that was the first song that was in his range and the only other song he sang. Mm. So out of three songs, he couldn't sing two of them. That's okay. They paid him. But here's the that. million dollar question. Was the extra new song they added? Please tell me it wasn't a classic Will Smith rap. Um, remember like <laughs> how how many years was it every movie that Will Smith made yeah. came with like the requisite rap video. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's a Which he got from MC Hammer. <laughs> there's a song in the credits that's that's uh more of a rappy Will Smith song. Yeah. But it wasn't in the movie. He it was do, in the credits. He doesn't do music um, anymore. So the only song they added, and Deb explained this because she's read the book that's, that is Aladdin is based on. It is? Yes, there's a book. I thought it was um, original. They stuck closer to the book story than the, than the original cartoon did oh. for a lot of things. The problem that they had is there's this one preachy moment where uh, no. Jasmine's getting led out af- after Jafar takes over. Mm-hmm. She's being led out by the guard. Mm-hmm. And in the book, she turns around and has a heart-to-heart conversation with the head guard. To try to get free. To try to get him on her side and go against Jafar. That's in the book. That's what she explains in the book. In the movie, they decide to put this preaching <laughs> song in as she's coming back in where all the men fade out. Oh, no. In the background while she's singing, and I'm like, oh, my God, stop. So that's, horrible. That's another, that's another thing they did in Good Omens. Remember that thing where uh, Anathema is like, this is my boyfriend, Pulsifer, and Pepper's character says, another woman falling for the patriarchy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That entire exchange, that entire exchange, not, not anywhere in the book. Oh, I'm sure. I bet. But again, the book was written in 1990, so. I was like, if they had just had the exchange with her and the head guard, would have been fine. So, the the important question. Hell Hydra. Yeah, exactly. The important question is, who was the voice of Iago? There was, that was the other thing that pissed me off. There was no voice of the stupid parrot. What? The parrot didn't talk? The parrot talked like a parrot. So you had a, you had a. Like two, two words at a time. Oh. It was horrible. Wasn't that Gilbert? Wasn't it Gilbert Godfrey yes. in the? Uh... Yeah, this is where and it was I hilarious. It. <laughs> this is where I was getting to. You had an opportunity to have Gilbert Godfrey back, and you didn't. Loser. Is he? Is he still alive and active? 
Uh, I don't know if he's active, but I think he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure he's getting older. The so like he's just the, got such a weird voice. How would you not want to? So use like it? the the um the other song, like the other main song, the like I will show you the world song. The two the two people that they casted for uh, Aladdin and Jasmine, they did an excellent job on that one. That was like sounded like it was in the cartoon. I gotta so, confess, I haven't seen Aladdin in probably. 20 years <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i've i've upgraded it recently in like oh, the yeah. past six months to a year so i've seen it so my little girl is not quite but, old enough to like those movies yet i'm sure when it, they do i'll want to hang myself because, i i had no problems with the rest of the casting other than will smith as a genie i'm sorry yeah i just it was it was the mouse again doing exactly what they did to robin williams and capitalizing on a name which is why Robin hated them so badly because he told them not to, and they did it anyways. Yeah, he had they some did legal the, battles. The only them. thing is, the only thing is, is this time they specifically went out and got Will Smith because Will Smith. Yeah. And then preached Will Smith Aladdin, and Will Smith can't be the genie because he's not Robin Williams. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, they well, they had to you, know that. Do you want to hear something hilarious that. though? When when the very first the very first thing I ever heard about them making the quote unquote live action Aladdin was I saw on Reddit where a still was leaked of Will Smith done up like the genie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought it was a freaking joke. Like, cause the, the Reddit thing was like, Oh, here's the new genie. Yeah. And I was like, ha ha ha. The internet is awesome. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. And then he realized it <laughs> that was, was that was true. my reaction. <laughs> and like, oh, no, and then really I wasn't. saw that it was real. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Nope. Not kidding you. So the thing that Deb and I realized on the way home is that this it's all, the only reason Will Smith was cast as a genie was because Disney needed a big name to market off of. You you couldn't. They could have casted any um, comedian. Aladdin is a pretty big name. <laughs> well, exactly. They they could they could have casted any comedian that could sing with a any tone. And he would have been a, done a better job as a genie. He, you could, or she. Let's have, or it. Let's I don't have, care. Let's have Scarlett Johansson be the genie. You want me to go see Atlanta? Come on, or Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta. Aladdin. I you don't even, even have talk. to name it right. You want me to go see any movie? ScarJo. You want me to go see Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> Sold. Yeah. Come on. So this ain't difficult. But the thing is, it's I just like, want to sit in these meetings with Disney and be like, "You're stupid. You're overthinking, and you're stupid." Well, the other thing is, is that, Try is again. that I, I feel bad that Will Smith let himself get drug into it. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel bad at for the any same, actor. At the same time, I'm like, no. I'm like, you realize that these songs are not going to be in your range. You've, if you've ever watched the original and you heard Robin Williams do this stuff, this he's, is not going to be in your wheelhouse, dude. Dude, Will, Will Smith singer. doesn't have a range. Yeah, he's not a singer. He's not a singer. He's a rapper. He's exactly. A rapper. Well, that's it's what different. I mean. And, I mean, and, know, and I'm going to give credit this. where credit is due. Well, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I've Will Smith can do a dramatic role, as evidenced by Pursuit of Happiness. He can do mm-hmm. comedy. He, like, no, he's, he's a good actor. He's a great actor, yeah. And, and back in the 90s when I was in high school, I thoroughly enjoyed his rap album. I, I have to sadly admit that. <laughs> No, but he's too. he's not and never has been a singer. No. So that's it's ridiculous to cast him in a role that requires a lot of singing. Exactly. He did it for one reason. Hello, the money. Oof. He could have his agent comes to him and says, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he'd be like, "The oh, problem is, is that I, do I want everyone to You're right. Compare me to Robin Williams? No, thank you. Bye. You're right. The problem <laughs> is is that 
people like me, which unfortunately are not the the, the majority, are going to constantly berate him and, and rip him down because he was horrible as that role. <laughs> the question is, is whether or not the rest of the world, the rest of the social media world get, does the same thing and they think he's great. If they think he's great, then the world is just stupid, which we already know. Let's, uh... Well, the world is stupid, and that and the world yeah. is stupid. And why would Will Smith turn us down? No, because I mean... you never have to. You don't. Will Smith and the studio doesn't have to take any responsibility about this because as soon as there's any kind of negative anything about it, yeah. they're going to be like, oh well, they didn't like it because it was it was black or a woman well, or whatever. Nowadays, like, yeah, they that's exactly how it's do. turned. I thought he was blue. Yeah, he's blue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, we like to look at Rotten Tomatoes here. Just, okay. Just for uh, you know, I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> on this yet. So what? But but only the only the users, the audience score. Okay, uh, audience score is ninety four. Holy shit! So what? That, that's your. Oh answer. my god! Critics are fifty seven. So they're clearly they're more on my wow. side at this yeah. point. Isn't that interesting? Wow. We're usually the exact that's, opposite. Yeah. It's ex- usually the opposite. Yeah. Oh my lord! This nobody's watched. The, the only way that could be a ninety percent is people have never watched the cartoon. Toy Story, which. Is possible it's, with today's knowledge. Things yeah, like twenty. True. It's twenty-seven years old. Oh my gosh! But it's it's a it's a classic, especially exactly. for kids. So it's amazing that they wouldn't. But oh. just I'm uh, just looking on here. Uh, Toy Story Four is ninety-five percent, so one percent better than Aladdin. Apparently, oh Toy Story, was more, Toy Story Four was so much better than Aladdin. <laughs> so how would you rate those two on a scale of zero to one hundred percent? How would you rate Toy Story Four? And Aladdin. Toy Story seen. Four deserves the ninety-five percent, for sure. Really? Yeah, it's wow. worth it's worth it. It's right up there. It is on par with the other three easily, um, and honestly, might even it because the because the whole that whole franchise is getting older, they're more grown up every time. This one was perfect on par for hmm. the the toys growing up and learning things yeah, just yeah, as yeah. much as the kid growing yeah, up and good. learning so toy story 4 definitely 99 percent easy where 95 percent easy where would you put endgame endgame because <laughs> guess what it is 100 i bet you it's 100 it's 91 what <laughs> what i mean i wouldn't give it 100 but i would put it up probably at 95 96 mm-hmm. myself yeah I would, yeah it'd be like i would do 90 i would do 98 percent. yeah yeah i mean it's it's up there I mean, so there's there's not yeah aladdin the the critics have it closer i'd probably give it a 40 personally that's crazy because it <clears throat> if you've ever watched the cartoon it's ruined with him as the cast of genie yeah it's just it's bad <sighs> we've killed that yeah did I see anything else recently? Uh, I have the upside, but I haven't watched it yet. What is that? It's the on the upside? server. It's the one with uh, Kevin Hart, who plays the like nurse to oh, Breaking yes. Bad I guy. I want to see that. It's oh, it's yeah. is it on Jared Flicks. Yeah, it's on Jared Flicks. It's in the preview folder. I haven't All right. It yet. Okay. Right. Cool. Right. I'm definitely gonna have to watch it. I've been wanting to see that one. Yep. All right. Hot news time. Ready? Ready for some hot news? Yeah. Hot news. What news what? do we have? Um, <laughs> not that we haven't been talking about stuff, but Naomi Watts. You know who that is? No. Yes. Okay. Joe, who is it? She's an actress. Yes. She's got like the short, like, like of, mousy brown hair. Game of Thrones. Kind of, kind of, kind of cute. Yeah. What is she in? She was just in something recently. Um. That I watched, like something newish. 
I'm looking it up. Uh. Anyway, what is she? Is she like a champion of things that nobody cares about now? Too? Yeah, the uh, Game of Thrones prequel. <laughs> oh, dear God! Oh, is she? She's going to be in the Game of Thrones prequel. She's defending it, saying uh, it won't. All the actors that are going to be in it won't let you down. Yeah, you won't let me down because I'm not watching it. <laughs> uh, I I won't even go into who's going to be in it. Just <laughs> stop kicking the dead yeah. horse. Jeez. I'm probably not going to watch it. If if anything, I would have watched a, a follow-up with Arya traveling the world. Oh, yeah. Not a prequel. See, that's not a prequel, though. That is a spinoff. Relax. Spin-off. Well, I know. And that's, that's the funny thing. And again, here's a perfect example of studios not listening to the people that are giving them their money. Yeah. Because when they're like, oh, we're going to do another show, immediately like, everybody was like, oh, my God, let, we're finally going to get more area. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's the prequel that literally nobody asked for. Yeah, definitely. Um, Amazon has a new superhero show coming out. You might have seen some. I the watched Boys? It. Yeah, The Boys. I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. I sent the preview in the, uh, the group text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure that looks mentioned it. We will definitely be watching. That's right. I pulled that up on my computer when I got home in messages and looked at it. I was like, "Oh, yeah," because I I I told you guys that it was totally not safe for work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a dark. It's it's based on a comic, but it's a dark comic. Nice. So, it says Amazon Prime, July twenty sixth. So, oh, we'll do that in I guess August at some point. Yeah, that'll be fun though. Added to the flex. Um, flex, flex, whatever. I wasn't going to mention this, but because Jared brought it up, you remember they were making a um, HBO was making a TV series based off of the Watchmen series. Yes. Well, it apparently just fi- uh, got done, wrapped up filming. Oh. So, I'm hoping that's better, but I'm doubting it. I'll watch. It. I love Watchmen. It'll be it'll be a lot like the Umbrella Academy and probably really slow for a no, lot of episodes. It'll be much darker, I think. Well, much darker and much slower. Mm. Human baggage drug mm. for miles. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I read another article about Kevin Feige. Yes. And what has the Feige? Kevin, are you talking about Kevin Feige? Feige. <laughs> he was talking, he had an interview about Spidey and the MCU and blah, blah, blah. And of course they brought up the X-Men. And he's like, I've never stopped thinking about the X-Men mutants in the MCU. So while we still think it won't happen for a while, eh, you never know. They might start dropping them in. Well, here's some Deadpool. You can start dropping in Here's some hints. Cable. You can start <clears throat> dropping hints and stuff, but mm. don't I, I wouldn't mm. I don't think they need to come out, out of Deadpool. I think Deadpool's gonna be the first one. Yeah. Because a third movie is I'm sure oh, right yeah. there. I'm sure they've got something planned and he's the easiest one to pick up. Mm-hmm. Like just throw him in with the Avengers or somebody. I don't know. Pick somebody. So here's a question I have. Um and I and I kinda wish Alex was on to because I'm sure he explained it at great length. I've never read any of the comics for the MCU stuff, but I've heard of like these absolute epic battles between Wolverine and Hulk. Now, is this is this like a a common occurrence in a universe, or is this are these like one or two offs in a random comics? Battle? I would assume they're one and two offs here and there. Something for a plot line, yeah, maybe. But then that's about it. I think there was something okay. where where Wolverine was going after Banner. Hulk, who was going crazy through Canada, Canada. Yeah. There's not a there's there's definitely not enough. 
But the problem with that is they don't have a Wolverine right now. They don't even have a story. No, with they all don't. That. Deadpool well, is not already established on screen. You've got the perfect actor. All you got to do is bring him in and throw him into literally any of your franchises. <laughs> Ant-Man and Deadpool. If- yeah. Put him, put him, put him in on screen with Captain Marvel. It'll make the, it'll make the movie, it'll make the movie great. <laughs> oh my God, rated R. That would he be just amazing. Tears her up, down the other, and then she just punches the crap out of him, and he's like, exactly. Oh that God. would be amazing. <laughs> you want to make Brie, you want to make Brie Larson look great. Put, put him on screen with Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. Oh my gosh, that would be. Hilarious. If you want to make Brie Larson look great, just keep her mouth shut. <laughs> well, Have your opinions on your own time. Like, yeah, because yeah, I, I still loved Captain Marvel, even even, even though Marvel, I went in, I went in there really disliking that actor. Yeah, I still enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah, no, it, it was it was a pretty decent movie. They Captain Marvel's not known to be Captain America, where he's no. got this amazing wisdom behind him. And, you know, he knows exactly when to lead. And that's not Captain Marvel. She's just there and she's the Superman. So everyone follows her. The Superman of Marvel. She is. She's the Superman. So everyone has to kind of pay attention to what she wants. But they've done a brilliant job in the MCU of making her available when they need her and usually gone. Yep. So I think that was a beautiful thing that they set up in the first movie for I'm going to be the champion of the galaxy, not just Earth. So Yep. Yep. Cool. (laughs) So is is there any is there any word on I know that we tried to predict what would happen but with this whole Disney buyout and Netflix losing them. Are, are we going to get any more of the defenders and more specifically, are we going to get the mm. defenders with the same actors or how's that going to not anytime soon? Well, okay. yeah, they haven't even started talking about filming anything. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about shows. I'm talking about them starting to show up in so... MCU. So here's the problem that I see happening with that is that Marvel cut these contracts off with Netflix prematurely. I don't think they did. You know why? Why? Because they knew that they had Disney Plus in the works and they saw how popular the these were is, on Netflix and thought, oh, crap, we need to, to go, stop I'm, everything right yeah. now and use all of that. For our Disney Plus. The problem is, is I thought for sure I've read. I'm gonna have to go back and find it, but I thought for sure because I was trying to figure out if that was the case, because that was what my original thought, my original hope was, is that oh we're we're not cancel we're canceling these, well, but they'll be back. Well, you, the problem is, they is can't that say from, that I from, bet legally they can't say but that. From I and I got I'm gonna have to go back and find the article because okay. I know I looked it up after we talked about it when the first set of them got canceled. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're, they can't use them due to something in the contracts. Oh, I'm sure. For several years. Well, I, I doubt it'll um, be several years. Well, it's like a, it's, the mouse it's has not money. in the, it's not in the contract for the, the, the characters show. It's in the contract for the actors. Yeah. Really? I, I it's a non-compete basically. They can't from jump ne- from produ- production from Netflix to uh, Disney. I have no doubt, but if. Disney wants to throw some money at them, yeah. just like they threw at Fox. That's true. They could probably <laughs> buy out the actors' contracts. I bet they will. But right now, all they've re- all they've pulled back are the rights to the to the characters, not the actors. But let's say so, it's uh, a contract. Let's say it's two years after the, yeah. after Jessica Jones season three drops. 
yeah. which has already dropped. Which just did. So, so two summers from now, they decide, okay, we're going to make a Defender Season 2. Exactly. We're not going to go back and make any of the other not, shows. They're not going to immediately turn on Disney Plus like this winter and yeah. be able to do Defenders yeah. next summer. Right. I don't think that's going to happen because I think those but actors are still under non-competes. Yeah. But when that's up, it'll be more stuff to watch on Disney Plus yep. and they can then say But that also oh, explains Defenders why they works. why as soon as Defenders aired and as soon as the other seasons the season 3s aired, yeah. They immediately was like, yeah. Get them off so yeah. that we can, so we can start that non-compete. Probably. So Yes, they did a th- season three of Jessica Jones. They'll that character will be the last one that they have to wait for. The rest of them could actually start up and do Iron Fist season three, Iron uh, Daredevil mm-hmm. season four, Punisher season three. It's they could possible. start slowly bringing them back as yeah. the non competes go. It's possible as long as the writing. You get is an there. Iron Fist. You get an Iron Fist. <laughs> Everybody gets an Iron Fist. Yes. You get an Iron Fist with guns. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you get to shoot your iron fists. With you get an iron fist sword. Yes. But I'm the immortal iron fist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. God, I hated that character. We brought him season. up. You had to pull the. You had to pull the fl- yeah. soundboard. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. he was so bad, but we liked him so much by the end. No, yes. it wasn't even the no, not even by the, the end of his season. It wasn't until Defenders it was in the, it that was we in Defenders. liked him. Well, I liked him in Defenders. Yeah. We liked him in Defenders, and we liked him in Luke, Luke Cage, Cage season yeah. two, and, and then and the last thirty seconds or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and then what? And then his season two. By the time his season two rolled around, he was great. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, well, see, and that's the reason why I want to see more of the Defenders is because that was a great turn. Of Luke Cage, because remember how Luke Cage ended. He's he's not Semi-bad. a good guy anymore. He's semi baddie. He's a tweener. Yep. Well, and the other thing is, is they could technically. And I I want to see how that plays out. I do too. There are other there are other MCU characters that have been in the Defenders, so they could technically start. Those those they could technically do live. a season two of Defenders. Those characters live in the MCU. Yeah, I so know. If they wanted, they could exactly. start writing them into other, other things. things. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. There's so many. I mean, here's you can write them into a movie. At the end of the day, Hydra can do whatever the hell it wants, and then like, and just be like, "Yeah, take us to court, Netflix. We don't give a shit. We just made five billion dollars off our last movie. Shut up." Oh my gosh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. How much? How much you want? Like, seriously. Where did you get that sound? (laughs) Is that Joe? What sound was that? Dang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang. <laughs> oh man, I really need to stop making so many random sounds. <laughs> I was like, I don't even remember that one. He just kind of pulls it out of nowhere. I've been getting weird ones. <laughs> Daniel, that's me. Oh, that was you because it sounds like Daniel. Though. It does sound like. Him. Do we each have like a folder on your computer or something? Uh, it's, it's getting get, there. It's getting to that point, actually. <laughs> That's funny, especially with his his uh, coming soon confirmation of bodily function uh, functions. Yes, I bet you. I still think, I still think that one of these days, whenever it, it's never going to happen, because you'll never have the free t- the requisite free time to do it. Because I was about to say, I one of these do. days when you got some free time, <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that you should just throw up like a thirty-minute-long podcast of just nothing but like <laughs> random soundboard. bits. Oh, I will. Yeah, 
when you guys least expect it. Well, and then he ha- he always had like he because, and I don't know if he's kept it all, but like all the recording where we record beforehand before we start, he's got some of that from that too. I've got oh, every wow, single episode, true. every single one. So yeah, he could pull some random conversations out and just make our podcast. Yep. So here's here's like a kind of like a nerd curiosity <laughs> thing to me. How how big is the file size on one of these before you cut it down and edit? Uh, the oh, folders are like 40 four gigs. gigs. Yeah. Really? And because each track is its own audio file. Yeah. So. Wow. We do it professional here. Yeah. It's oh, going to get worse yeah, if we add more channels. Well, we're not at, at <laughs> yet. I mean, at least, at least for most episodes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yes. Uh, so are we done? Any more news? I, I'm good. Let's uh, let's uh, dance this one out. Wee! Hey, you let us through. It's a bright new star. Oh, come oh Robin Williams. No. Make way oh, yeah, it is. Ring bells, bang and drum. Are you gonna love this guy? Prince Ali, fabulous he. Go, go ahead, Jared. Do your best. Uh, no, I can't do Rob Williams. <laughs> this was the only song that Will that Will did well. Now it's not Robin Williams with all the extra voices, but this was the only one in his range. So. Okay. Well, next time we'll talk about Spidey. Spidey. Swartz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> Bye.